Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. Amen. Good to be with y'all here on this Friday. And uh, we are just excited about the podcast we, we're going to continue on. We started with it uh, this past Tuesday. And we're talking about love. We're talking about love. We're talking about true love. We're talking about what love is. In God's word, you know, the world, they got their own idea about love. But we're going to talk about what true love is. Hallelujah. And so we're going to start with prayer, as we always do. And I know it's a podcast, but I'll tell you what, we do all things with the Lord. we got to get on with Jesus and ask him to help, because otherwise we're going to be doing it out of our own mind. We don't want to do that. We want the Lord to guide us and lead us. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to come to your word today and express Uh, from your word what love is truly looking like lord and we need your guidance and we need your help lord and i ask that god you would put the words in the mouth of your servant to do and uh we ask that you open up our ears to hear and that it would be applied to our heart and our soul those that are so kind to come in and listen to this podcast in jesus name amen and so I'm glad once again that you're here with us at God's whole word. And uh, that's what we aim to do here is to give God's whole word, not part of it, not just a little bit of it, but God's whole word. Amen. So we've been talking about love. And so the first thing that I want to do is I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time in chapter 12 before we move on to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which uh, if y'all are new to the Lord, or maybe you just haven't studied the Bible a lot, maybe you haven't been in church a lot, maybe you haven't been in church at all, you just, uh, you know, you got a mind to want to learn some things about the Word of God. Well, chapter 13, the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, which means the first letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the uh, people in Corinth, the church in Corinth, this was basically a Gentile church. They had not known the ways of the Lord before. They had been worshiping idols and all of that. And so they needed to be taught about the things of God. And uh, he gives them this letter, which is the first letter. They have to write letters because, uh, you know, the uh, Apostle Paul, uh, he was not able to be there all the time. You know, we're so blessed that we are able to have our pastors with us uh, all the time and being able to be there and and giving us the word of God and knowing, you know, every every time the church doors open, we got the pastor there. Most churches, anyway. There's a few churches that uh, struggle from time to time and needing a pastor and all of that. But um, back then, it was it was a deal. They had to be like a roving pastor going here and there yonder. And, and uh, there were times the Apostle Paul was even in jail at times when he wrote letters to give to different ones. And But um, anyway, so uh, this letter was given... <clears throat> and was to be uh, uh, read to the people that were there. And uh, so uh, he did write a second letter and all of that, but the, we're going to be in the first letter uh, to the Corinthian church. All right, so we're in chapter 12, and we're going to look at chapter 12, and I'm, uh, I'm going to read, uh, let's see. We're going to go, oh, let's see now. All right. So we're going to go on. I'm going to read from All right. So we're going to go from 12 
to 26. 12, verse 12, it's in chapter 12, but we're going to start with verse 12, and we're going to go down to 20, uh, 28, actually, is where we're going to go. And so just bear with me, and let's go on through here. So, uh, verse 12, it starts and says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13 says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. So you got that Holy Ghost. You've been baptized into the uh, body of Christ. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink from one Spirit. And that just simply meant that uh, no matter whether you were a Jew or Gentile back then, that was, uh, you know, something that was in that area was a real uh, situation. You know, you got... Now you got Gentiles coming in church going to be serving the living God, the one true living God that the Jews knew all along. But he said, no, you all one body. And he said, whether you be bond or free. Because back then they still had many people in that day. It was a uh, just a something that uh, they saw, you know, people that were slaves. It was, uh, and, and we, we do see it uh, in our day and age now in different ways. And we're not going to get into all that because that's not what the study is about. But uh, but there, they were very prominent, very, you know, you, you, you knew you were a slave when you saw one uh, in that day and age. And um, so, but he said, whether you be bond or free, whether you, you know, you're not, uh, you're not a slave, or maybe you are, whether you're Jew or Gentile, whatever your race is. He said, uh, he said, we've been, all been made to drink from one spirit. And so, therefore, we got to understand, it doesn't matter what your race is. That don't make a bit of difference. God wants to give the Holy Ghost to everybody. It don't matter what it is, and we ought to understand that. And so uh, you say, well, how does this lead up to, to love? Well, it leads up because of what we're going to hear here. Uh, we've got to listen. Verse 14, for the body is not one member but many. In other words, everybody is a part of this body. You can't leave nobody out. And... Um, and then verse 15, it says, For if the foot shall say, now it's going, he's going to be talking about the euphemism of, a, of the body, you know, the body that we've got. We've got different parts to our body. If you are uh, somebody that's been born with all of the parts that uh, usually are born with the body, a lot of people, uh, folks have been born without some of these things. But we're talking about a, a full body that has been born with all of these parts upon them. And so that's how it reads. And he said, so, uh, you know, in verse 15, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? In other words, would you, you know, just because you've got uh, feet or you got hands, uh, that, you know, well, I got hands, so I don't need my feet. Or I got feet, so I don't need my hands. Now, you know that that don't even make any sense. That's not the, the way that it goes. And it's the same way with the body of Christ. You know, you can't say, well, you know, they're just uh, these little folks over here. You know, they, they, they're not like to, you know, over here. These folks over here, you know, they're busy. They're up in the choir or, or maybe they're doing this or that or whatever. They, they don't really matter as much as these other. That's, that's not how the Bible reads. And that's not how God intended for us to do it all. And so it does lead up to love because we've got to understand that uh, when we're looking at verse uh, chapter 12 and we're looking at these verses, the Bible's letting us to know everybody's important in the body of Christ. Amen. And so it says in verse 16, And if, uh, if the ear shall say, Because I'm not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? Is your, you know, well, I got an ear, but I don't need the eye, or I don't need, the, I got an eye, I don't need the ear. You know, that it, it doesn't work that way. In verse 17, If the whole body were an eye, 
where would the hearing be? If the whole uh, were, if the whole body, in other words, were hearing, where would the smelling be? In other words, we need all the parts to be able to function properly. When we're doing without some of those parts, it can uh, create uh, some difficulties. And so we go on to verse uh, 19, and it says, For now have God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. God puts who he wants up in that church. And, you know, the thing of it is, I've heard so many people, well, I don't go to that church no more because of this person or that person or this, whatever. Uh, you know, I mean, if you you got some serious sin going on and all that kind of thing, you might you might should think about leaving. Yeah, you know, you got the pastor, uh, you know, maybe y'all people know he's having an affair with somebody or doing something like that and nobody's doing anything about it and nobody thinks, well, you might ought to think about getting out of there. You get to a church where they're going to preach holiness and where the man of God is living right. You know what I'm saying? But the thing of it is, the human beings, they, they got problems, they got situations. We can't sit there and think, well, uh, this person don't matter as much to the body as that person and so on and so forth. We can't be talking like that because God has put each person in the body of Christ as, he, as it pleases him. God, you know, he's God. He gets to choose what he wants. You understand? And um, verse 19, it says, and if they were all one member where would be the body if everybody's going to be doing the same thing if everybody was a pastor that'd be a problem y'all know what i mean if everybody's going to be in the choir and 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 there ain't going to be no pastor all you're going to do is just sing 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 that ain't going to work either you know you know i mean a great thing to have a choir and having to sing and all that but if that's all you're going to do and you ain't got no pastor you ain't got no teacher you, ain't gonna, you know everybody's got their part in the body you know what i mean now all right so verse 20 but now are they many members and yet one body. And verse 21 says, Now I cannot say to the hand, I don't have any need of thee. Nor again the head says to the feet, I ain't got no need of you. And verse 22 says, Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. In other words, you might be in a church, you look around and you're thinking, well, and feeble, it just means those of lower degree and those that, maybe just don't seem like that they matter as much and all that. He said, oh, no. He said, they're, they're necessary. Everybody is necessary and important in the body of Christ. We've got to understand that. In verse 23, it says, those members of the body which think uh, to be less honorable. Huh? Those that seem to be less honorable upon these bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. In other words, these uh, people that you think, well, they, they just don't beautify the house of God they, they, you know, they come from this side of the tracks or they come from that side of the tracks or, or maybe they come out of this sin or they come out of that sin and we, we, we don't want to, you know, ruffle the boat here now. We don't, we don't let them get getting involved too much here because, you know, they're not, they're going to make the church look bad. You know what I'm saying? Well, we can't do that. And God don't look at it that way. As a matter of fact, he looks at it the complete opposite ways. You know, God don't, he usually... The Bible says, you know, most of the time he's choosing the base, those things, the people that are despised and all that, to come in and get saved, get right with God, be baptized with the Holy Ghost, and, and uses them for his glory and honor. Hallelujah. And so everybody matters. Amen. And, uh, and then in verse 24 it says, For our comely parts have no need, if we say something like that, uh, or wait, excuse me, our comely parts have no need, but God have tempered the body together. Now, in other words, he said, look, you don't just look at whoever's the most beautiful 
whoever can sing the best, whoever can, you know, uh, maybe one person, you're just a lousy preacher. You don't even know how to preach. Or, or maybe somebody just, I tell you, when they get through teaching, you're like, what in the world were they saying? Uh, or maybe somebody, you know, they get up to sing a song, and you think, whoo, man, they sure can't keep a tune. Well, some people don't belong in certain positions. You know, if you can't sing, don't get up to be given no, uh, you know, I'm going to sing a special, and you can't keep a tune for nothing in all the days. Well, I'm not being mean or hateful in the Word of God. It's not being mean or hateful or nothing about that. But, you know, everybody's got their position. Now, this person that can't sing for worth a lick, they might be able to teach better than anybody you ever saw in all your life. And then maybe this person over here, they can't do uh, maybe too much teaching, but they sure can preach the socks off of that church. I'll tell you, they can get out and get a message going and get to preaching, you see. Everybody's got their part. Everybody's got something to do, and we've got to understand that and respect that. And so it does build up to this uh, chapter we're getting into about love. And remember what I was saying to y'all, that uh, there was not the chapter and verses and all that kind of thing before. So it's just kind of leading up to this, and this is kind of where where it's going that it leads up to what we call the love chapter, but there really was no chapters before. But we call uh, all those things that are in chapter 13 that we're going to try to get to some of it. We probably won't get to all of it tonight, and we'll continue on with this lesson on love, this podcast on love. I know some people say, well, it's a podcast, not supposed to be a lesson. But you know, if people got podcasts, you know full well they're trying to say something. They're trying to, whatever it is their platform is, so here we are. And so, uh, let's go on. So chapter 12, uh, it says now, Our comely parts have no need, and God have tempered the body together, and have given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Which lacked. In other words, God is going to look at things differently than we do. He, he's not going to, he God don't look at things like we do. and look and say, well, that person, you know, I don't think they can do much for the kingdom of God. Well, you better watch out what you're saying because God, if God has put them there, there's a reason why, and they have got a gift that God wants them to use because God don't waste nothing. Amen and hallelujah. And so you are of value to God. Don't think you ain't got no value. I want to talk to somebody right now. Don't don't sit there and say, well, I'm not going to go to church. I ain't got nothing to give. Well, you may not have nothing to give right now, but if God's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us that's a gift. And inside that gift is all these other gifts, and God is going to give as severally as he chooses. That's what the Bible says. He, he chooses who gets what, you see. And so don't you think, maybe right now you ain't got nothing, but you come to the Lord and, and give your heart to Jesus Christ, repent of your sins and turn to the Lord and let him change your life. Let him do his will and his work in your life and let him fill you with that Holy Ghost. God is going to let you know he's going to begin to reveal to you and maybe to others around you what it is you're supposed to be doing. But I'll tell you what, everybody has got a gift and we've got to get ourselves aligned with God and with the church and the body of believers, and know God is going to do something with everybody. Don't sit there and think that uh, somebody over here that just looks like some little old nobody, woo, the Lord could show enough do something and not even bat an eye over it. And we're over there like, what in the world happened? Man, I'll tell you what, I thought nothing was going to come from them. And here they are, you know, and they're just uh, going on and doing things for the Lord. All right, so uh, verse uh, 25 says that, there should be, this is the reason why God does it the way he does. Because it says that there should be no schism in the body. Now, schism is like a break. It's like, it's like this broken piece. 
He said, I'm putting the people there that I want there because I don't want no break in between. I want it to be full. I want it to be complete. That's what God wants to do with the church of the living God. But that the members should have the same care for one another. You better not say, I'm going to care about this one over here because, man, I can see they really got something going on and I'm going to be praying for them. These people over here, I don't know who they are. I don't know. Well, why don't you go find out who they are? Why, why, why don't you go over there and find out what their name is? Why don't you invite them over to your house for dinner? You, you know, and, and, and you're just sitting there thinking, well, you know, they're just coming in here, they worship, and then they go on, and you're not thinking nothing of them. Well, we, we got to get our priorities right. And so God wants us to have the same care for everybody. Don't sit there and say, well, I'm going to care more about this one. I'm going to pray about that one. Because you see them in, uh, you know, a certain position or whatever, and, and you think that's going to get you somewhere with God? You, you better understand, God goes from the other side. He, he looks at things completely different than we do. So we're going to have to have the same care for everybody. Each person matters. Verse 26. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer for it. In other words, what goes on with somebody ought to affect everybody. You say, well, I, I don't, you know, this one over here, they got this problem and that problem, and, you know, I, I, I can't be bothered. Well, you know what? You better get in the Word of God, and you better listen to what God is saying. If one suffers, everybody's going to be suffering. It's going to be a difficult thing. So what do we do? Well, we come together, and we bind together in prayer, and we're trusting God for God to help them through and to get them on through. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Because the body of Christ is effective when other people are hurt. And you know, uh, that's uh, something that a lot of folk don't understand. They, they don't understand that everybody matters and that if this person is uh, being affected in some way in their life, uh, well, we're supposed to come together and help each other and pray for one another and be there for one another. And so it says if we all suffer, if one member suffer, we all suffer. And then it says in verse 26, or if one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Well, you don't sit there and say, well, I want to be honored too. You're being honored. I won't be honored too. No, that's not what it says. It says we all rejoice with them. Now, you know what I mean? That just takes that self-centeredness out because you, you say, oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad, you know, maybe maybe high school kids have been going to high school and they finally got through high school all them many years of school and they've got that diploma you ought to be you ought to be rejoicing with them that they have worked so hard to get where they're going and now they're going to go out out, out into the world and adult life and all of that and congratulate them on the hard work they've done to get to that diploma that they finally got. Or maybe somebody went through college and they got a degree. Or, you know, whatever it is. Or maybe somebody finally got a job, a good job, and, and, and maybe they were struggling all. We've got to rejoice with them and, and, uh, and be happy that God is helping them on through. And so uh, we look at 27. It says, Now you're a member uh, of the body of Christ and members in particular. In other words, it's not that God don't see you and I as individuals. It's not that. God does see us in particular as individuals, but at the same time, God looking at us and look, you're all part of the body of Christ also. So don't think that God don't see you in particular as an individual, but that's. Uh, but at the same time, we've got to be concerned about others and, and caring about one another. In verse 28, it says, And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that, the miracles, then gifts of healing and helps of government and diversity of tongues. And, all, you know, is everybody apostles, everybody teachers, everybody work with miracles and so on and so forth. And uh, But that's not the case. It's not 
the case at all. God gives different people different gifts to do, and we uh, uh, want that to continue to flow through the church of the living God as it should. All right, so we move on into chapter 13, which is the love chapter. Now, we're going to do our best to get to some of these things that we're going to look at tonight. And like I said, we're probably not going to be able to get to all of them. So I certainly would encourage you to join us back on Tuesday. And we'll continue on with this lesson about the love of God. And if I were going to title it with anything, I would call it, What uh, What Does God's True Love Look Like? Hmm? What does God's true love look like? You know the world, uh, they don't know nothing about that. They, they don't, and when you start studying what God's saying love really looks like, I'll tell you what, it is so in contrast to what the world is saying love is about, because, you know, they got a whole different idea about what love is, and it sure don't match up with the Word of God. Amen. Lord, help us. And so if you are not saved, and you're here in this podcast, and I'm, I, you know, I'm hoping that this podcast is a blessing to folks that are living for the Lord, and you just want to hear the Word of God, and you want to have uh, some encouragement in your soul, and and all of that, and get into the Word of God, because the Word of God is our food. It feeds our soul. Amen. But if you are not saved, and you just stumbled across this, well, I don't believe you just stumbled across. I believe God put you here, so come on in. Hallelujah. And uh, just know that there really is a true love. It's real. But you got to get it from God. And so we're going to look at what true love looks like. God's true love. You know, God is the one. The Bible says God is love. Now, that don't mean love is God. Some people got that twisted up. But but God is love. He He is a loving God. Everything he does is, is motivated by his God, love for us and, and all of that. So, you know, I'm what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to start reading chapter 13 by reading the last verse first and then we'll start with verse one you say well why are you going to read the last one first well the lord you know he said first is last and last the first shall be last and the last shall be first (laughs) and so well i i'm just saying i want to read this for a reason um uh, verse 13 of chapter 13 of first corinthians says and now abideth faith hope and charity and these three uh these three the greatest but the greatest of these is charity. Now, some people, they they read that a little bit uh, in a way that probably, I won't say is necessarily wrong, but they're looking at it in, in a slant that tries to fit sometimes people's way of looking at things that call themselves Christian. They say, well, as long as I'm, you know, treating people with love, and then they want to throw holiness out the window. Well, you've got to have both. You can't have one without the other. And so, but when people read this and they see the word greatest, they think, oh, well, see, as long as I got love, I don't have to have holiness. I, you know, as long as I got love, that's the greatest, so everything's fine. Well, that's not what this word means. The word greatest actually means, if you look it up, the Greek word that's used there, it means the loudest and mightiest. And so what it's saying is, you know, it's the one thing that people are going to see the most uh, you know they may notice that you look different than everybody else you you know you uh you you don't run with the crowds and all that kind of thing but the thing that's going to speak the loudest and the mightiest in all of that 
is their love. Now, that doesn't mean that they've tossed holiness in the garbage like so many people that claim to be Christian. They say, well, we're going to toss that away. We got love, and so we're just going to do, 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 do in love, and we don't have to be holy. Well, the Bible don't teach that. you got things twisted up, and you're going to have to repent. But, uh, but what it means is that out of faith and hope, and charity out of those three now you got to have faith the bible says without faith you can't please god and if we don't have hope the bible says we're men, men most miserable i mean human beings are just miserable if we ain't got hope but one of the greatest or the uh, the thing that word mean the loudest and mightiest thing that you can see from these three things which we still need hope and we still need faith the greatest out of these three is it's the loudest. It is what people see the most. If you if you see somebody coming towards you and they're showing you love and you can feel it, you know what I'm saying? That is going to stand out more than faith. It's going to stand out more than hope because it's affecting that person, you see. Now, you may have faith and you've got faith that's just going to soar through the ceiling and up to the sky. You may have hope down in your soul. I'm getting to heaven. Hallelujah. But that may not affect them. They may not be saved. So they may not have that faith and that hope. And maybe, uh, you know, they need it. Showing up, we all need it. But if you show them that love, it is going to be the loudest thing that speaks to them. You can talk up one side and down the other. Uh, but the love is going to really be loudest and mightiest to them. Now, you know, uh, the Bible uh, it talks about hope in so many different ways. And, and we've got to have hope. And the Bible even says that, you know, if somebody asks you uh, of the hope that's in you, then, then give them an answer about the hope that's in you. But what this verse here is saying, love, it is the loudest thing that you could do uh, in showing people uh, Christ and all about who he is. So from that point and perspective we've got that last verse down let's go to verse 1 of chapter 13 all right so we're going to read each of these and we're going to look at each of them uh you know not too much in depth but y'all been with me long enough you know i can get along when we can go home but um anyway chapter 13 and verse 1 what the verse says, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, which is translated love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Alright, now we got to pay attention to the detail of that. Alright, so it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Now, that doesn't mean that he's slamming speaking in tongues. Some people, some denominations that claim to be Christian and following the Lord, and they won't take the verse and they just want to run with it. Oh, well, we don't, you know, long we got love, we don't have to speak in tongues and all of that. Well, that's not what he's saying. Uh, he said, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels. Now, that's another thing I want to point out to you. You know, you got some of these denominations claim to be Christian and say, well, see, tongues... It ended with the apostles. Well, that's not true. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm telling you what, I didn't come from the days of the apostles when, when they walked among the earth with Jesus. And I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, and I spoke in tongues when God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And, and, and not only that, many other folks, I've known many, many, many people. I've watched people be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Did I know what they were saying? No, I didn't know what they were saying. Most of the time, I did not. But I have known of... Um, 
missionaries that have went into other countries that did not speak, uh, you know, uh, the language of uh, the English language. And these missionaries, they knew, you know, uh, uh, more than one language. They went there. They were called to go. And uh, these people, they got, I've heard of people that have been missionaries to Mexico and they were preaching to them and laying hands on them. And these people, when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they began to speak in English and glorifying God in English. And they didn't know any English. They were just strictly uh, not able to do that. But uh, but there's something, and you know there's a lot of uh, denominations that say, well, you know, so back then it was understood, you know, they uh, everybody understood the language and so on and so forth because on the day of Pentecost these people came in and they heard the Galileans talking, read chapter 2 of the book of Acts, and uh, they said, we hear them in our tongue and our language. Well, that's true. But there's another piece to this verse because the Apostle Paul said, Do I speak with the tongues of men and of angels? <laughs> Ain't no human being going to know how to translate that one. Only God. Only God could do that. So uh, the Apostle Paul, he's saying, Look, I've spoke tongues of men and of angels. You say, Well, how would he know that? Because you find verses of Scripture that tell us that he was translated to the third heaven and he was uh, able to be there and and uh, for whatever reason, God allowed it, uh, as well as uh, John was also translated and, and was able to uh, be in this uh, place of, place of uh, heaven, heavenly, uh, the heaven of heavens and all. So uh, he's, I, I just wanted to make that point because some people just get that twisted up. And if you're in a church that speaks to you and says that the Holy Ghost is not being poured out any longer, I'm telling you what, they're not telling the truth to you. They're telling you something that is, well, there's no other way to put it, but they're lying to you. They're not telling the truth. Now, they may not be uh, intentionally lying and wanting to keep you from the Holy Ghost, but I'm telling you, if they don't understand it and they don't know what the Word of God says, you know, look at Acts chapter uh, 2 and look at what it says in verse 39 and 40. You know, read 38 and 39 and 40, where you repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, and you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, it also goes on to tell you that, uh, you know, all those folks, yes, that that promise for is for all them, but it also as it says as many as the Lord our God shall call. Anybody, everybody. So uh, God is still calling people, amen, and God is still filling people with the Holy Ghost. But, uh, you know, no matter what language may come out of your mouth when you are speaking in tongues, one thing is for sure, even if you were speaking in the tongues of angels, which only God would know and the angels would know if, that's, if, were, if that were happening when you're speaking in tongues. But he said, even if you went that, you know, God allowed you to do that. Because he said, though I speak, he knew that he did. Now, I can only imagine that it was because he was translated to the heaven of heavens, the third heaven, and he heard angels speak, and God allowed him to understand uh, what they were saying. It's it, Now, that's a surmisation on my part, and some people say, oh, you've gone too far by saying that. But uh, we got to look at the scripture here. He says, though I speak. He's not saying he didn't. He said he did. Now, so, but the point is, even if you, uh, God allows you to speak the tongues of angels, you ain't got do squat, did he? Now, I hope that ain't no curse word in some other language. But uh, you ain't got nothing if you ain't got love. It don't matter if you are speaking in tongues of angels. 
You can sit there as holy as all you want. Now, I believe in speaking in tongues. I sure do. I'm, 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 I'm apostolic Pentecostal all the way. I believe in speaking in tongues. But I'm going to tell you what. You can speak in tongues until Jesus comes. And if you ain't got no love, you do not have anything. It tells you here, he said, you're a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Well, what does that mean? Well, do you know what sounding brass and tinkling cymbal is? If you got a band going, everybody's just tinkling and banging on their own little thing, and there's no flow. There's no beauty in the music. It's not making music. It's just making a bunch of sound. Now, I remember that. My children, uh, many of them decided that they wanted to be a part of the band at school, and I told them, I said, you know, uh, we're not going to get involved in all kinds of things, but, uh, you know, we're going to focus on one thing, and that was because we had so many kids. And uh, I said, you know, you're going to focus on one thing. And so uh, we had nine kids all together. I said, now, we're going, you know, you don't have to be in the band, but if you want to be, that's fine. And so uh, you could hear people before there would be a, uh, you know, they go to the practice and all. And before the um, conductor or the teacher of music got up to, you know, to say, okay, we're going to practice this song or we're going to practice that song. Well, the kids are over there tinkling and going on with their, and it, everywhere there's somebody doing something different and it just, it didn't sound like a flowing musical song. It was just ding, 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 dunk, 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 you know, you just hear all this noise. And I, I sat there through some of those because I didn't want to drive there and drive back and drive back and all that. You know, I, I was trying to save gas, so I said, I'll just stay sometime. Sometime I didn't, but um, anyway, but uh, it, it it certainly was not a flow of song. It just sounded like a bunch of noise. But those kids, they were each uh, warming up and doing whatever. But if you got it to collectively, uh, you know, put together, it didn't sound like no song. Y'all know what I mean? It just sounded like a bunch of noise. But when the conductor got up there and he said, okay, now. We're going to play this song. We're going to do this this way. And it began to flow and started singing like, uh, sounding like a song. You see what I'm saying? So it's the same thing with this verse. What this verse is saying is you can have tongues. You can speak in tongues uh, of, of men or human beings. That word is translated human beings. You, you can speak in all of these different tongues. And that word tongue means un, unknown language. So don't sit there and say, oh yeah, well, he learned how to, went to school to learn how to speak Spanish and he knows five different languages because he went to school. No, that's not what it's talking about. When it says tongues, it's talking about unknown tongue. In other words, God's got the power. He's doing it. So uh, stop with all that nonsense and trying to twist the word of God because you're going to give an account. Because the Bible says, you know, like I said a while ago, if, if somebody telling you that the Holy Ghost is not still being poured out, they're not telling you the truth. They're lying to you. You know what the Bible says where the liars go? The Bible says all liars have their part in the lake of fire. You don't want to be in the lake of fire for lying to people. You're going to have to get rid of that kind of thinking. Now, all right, so the thing of it is, this verse, he said, look, it don't matter what unknown language that God is allowing you to speak when you're speaking in tongues, if you ain't got no love, you're just a bunch of noise. But the other flip side to that is, if you've got love for people in your heart, like the Lord wants you to do, you are going to sound like a beautiful song being played. Because love makes it 
beautiful. It makes it sound beautiful. So if you sit there and, and, and you know, you speak in a tongue, you, you, oh man, I tell you what, I'm in the prayer room and I was speaking in tongue for hours and that's wonderful. You know, because the Bible says we build up our faith praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what the book of Jude says. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. But then you leave from there and you don't treat people with love and you, you know, you're not behaving right. Well, that sound that's coming out of your mouth, it's just a bunch of noise. You're going to have to have love down in your soul or it is not going to sound beautiful. It's going to sound like a bunch of noise that's coming out of your mouth. Amen. All right. So let's go on to verse 2. What does verse 2 say? All right. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 2 if somebody's just now joining. Verse 2 says, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. Oh, talking about some faith. Woo, hallelujah. And have not charity, right? I have not love. You know what he says? At the end of verse 2, he said, I am nothing. I am nothing. Hmm? I am nothing. That's what it says. So you can have whatever position that you got going on. Maybe God called you to preach and you're up preaching. Well, if you ain't got no love, you're nothing. You understand that? I am nothing. If I don't have love in my soul and I'm getting up there and preaching and I've got so much faith that I could get out there and pray and that mountain across the way uh, falls down, you still don't have nothing. You might have had the power to pray and all of that, but it means nothing. You are nothing. It says, I am nothing if I don't have love. You see. And we've got to have love. But we can't just have any old love. That's not going to work. We've got to have the love of God. Amen. And so, he said, although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith. Look, these are, these are certain things, certainly things that God allows in the body of Christ. Some people have the gift of knowledge and some people, and what that is, is a supernatural. You, you know things that just for, God just allows you to know. And there's reasons why that he allows you to know for one reason or another. And then there's also the gift of prophecy, which actually translates just simply being able to preach. And, uh, and then he said, and understanding all mysteries. You know, you get in the word of God and you're, you're looking at certain things and you're thinking, and, and you get it and you understand it and you teach people and they're like, wow, I get it. Man, that was a great lesson. That was a great, uh, I, I never understood that. It was just a mystery to me. But I tell you what, that teacher got up there and I'm going to tell you what, I was fed in my soul. But if you don't have love, that one that's able to do all those things, if you ain't got no love of Jesus, if you ain't got the love of God down in your soul for people, you are nothing. Now, I didn't say it. I'm not being mean to God. I'm just telling you what God's word says. He says we're nothing if we don't have that love. Amen. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute, but I want to get to the third uh, verse 
and then we're going to close and we'll continue on on Tuesday. And I'm loving this, folks, because I I tell you, I I I you know I love it when people show me love and treat me with love. Well, don't you know people want to feel that from you too? They won't feel it from me too. And so we gotta uh, give love out to people. They've got to and they gotta know what that is. And so we're certainly gonna get there. We're gonna see what uh, you know what that means. Now uh, we're gonna keep on uh, with this right here, verse three. It says, "And though I bestow my goods." to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, I ain't got no love, it profiteth me nothing. All right? It profiteth me nothing. Okay? And so what it's saying is, all right, what did, what did, what did he say? He said, I bestow my goods to feed the poor. In other words, it don't matter what you donate. Come on now. There ain't nothing wrong with donating. And God certainly wants us to help others. There ain't nothing wrong with helping others. There ain't nothing wrong with donating and all that. And I'm not saying that. And neither is the word of God. But the bottom line is, no matter what you donate, don't you sit there and think. I know people that do this, that actually do, they don't serve the Lord. But they think because they donate over to the goodwill, ain't nothing wrong with donating to the goodwill. Don't twist my words. Uh, donate to Salvation Army. Ain't nothing wrong donating Salvation Army. Don't twist my words. But they think as long as they do that, they've got something going on with love. No, you don't. Don't you think that? If that's all you're doing and that I, I'm going to donate, so that means I, I got love in my heart. That's not what that means because if it don't match up with what God's saying love looks like, which we're going to get to now, we're probably not going to get to that part tonight. But, but you know, if it don't look like God's love, it ain't love. It's something maybe simulated in the world to maybe look like love, but it's if it don't match up with God's love and God explains it in his word. You say, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to look at it my way. Well, that's fine. You want to look at it your way, but I'll tell you what, when you meet God, that ain't going to work out for you. It's flat out not going to work out for you, friend, because you're going to have to, do it God's way. You're going to have to love God's way. And you say, well, you don't sound very loving while you're telling me that. Well, I'm telling you because I, I want you to be saved. Don't you know? I want you to be saved. So sure enough, I love your soul. I'm not going to lie to you. If I sit there and not tell you, and I don't tell you with enough vehemency in my voice and, and, and intensity in my soul, then you're not going to really believe me if I just say, well, if you just, you know, go on and do this and all. And and you don't, you know, you, you're not really expressing. Look, I'm trying to express to you because I'm, I'm trying to reach into this microphone and try to help you out and try to get you to understand. And so, you know, <coughs> excuse me. So you can donate all you want. You can donate until Jesus comes. And like I said, ain't nothing wrong with it. But you cannot look at donating as love. Don't get that twisted up. People get that twisted up. Well, I donated this to this, and I don't. You know, you help with the cause. Well, that's wonderful. But there's something specific that God says love looks like. So we're gonna get to that in a little while. <clears throat> 
Not tonight, but we'll get there. Y'all hang on. You keep coming up in here in this podcast, and we're going to get to it because on Tuesday we're going to be continuing on with this chapter. All right, so verse 3. Let's finish up verse 3. So he says, Although I bestow my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. What do you mean, body to be burned? Well, you know, I'm going to say it like this, because there were Christians in the early days, the early church, that literally were burned. They were set on fire. There were folks that were set on fire because they refused. They were said to them, if you give up this Jesus and all of this mess, or we're going to burn you, and we're going to set you on fire, and you're going to die. And they would not, you know, a lot of them were burned at the stake because they would not uh, relent. They wanted to serve God, and they were not going to turn their back on Jesus. And you say, well, how could anybody do that you know giving their self their whole self like that and and not love god's way now i know this may seem strange to some folks but there are some folks that will go that far and there's not love in their heart now do i have to mention 9-11 they gave their body to be burned didn't they not with those airplanes yes they did was there love in their heart? No, because they killed a bunch of people. They killed a bunch of people. You understand what I'm saying? And they all did it in the name of their God. You see what I'm saying? Now, I'm not trying to hurt no Muslims. I don't know if you're Muslim and you're listening, or you got Muslims in your family. I got Muslims in my family. I really do. And I love I love my Muslim family. And, you know, uh, but the thing of it is that, and I'm not saying that all Muslims are like that. I don't, I know that's not true. Uh, but what I am saying is there's examples of this because some people say, well, how could somebody go that far? But he's saying, look, even if you were to go that far and you're going to say, look, I'll, I'll die for Jesus. Well, you, you know, some people say, well, I'll die for Jesus. But when you get around them and you meet them, maybe somewhere, somehow, God's word wouldn't say this if there's not a reason to say it. God don't say something for nothing. Y'all understand that? God don't waste his time. There's a reason why he's saying this. You understand? And I'm not talking, I'm not trying to belittle nobody when I say, do you understand? That's just how I talk. And I'm just saying, do we get that understanding? Because sometimes it took me a long time to get an understanding when I hear a preacher preaching and I, I think, that, well, okay. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me what they were saying. It's like, oh, I get it now. But there's some folks that could literally have, and, and did. There were folks that uh, were, you know, not just burned, but you can apply that to any other type of thing. Well, you know, if you don't um, renounce Jesus, I'm going to cut your head off because there were some folks that uh, had to go through that as well. And so, but the thing is that he said, even if you do that, and you don't have love in your heart, it's not going to profit you anything when you meet God. So you say, well, how in the world can people go through that and not love? Well, I just explained to you with the 9-11. You say, well, what about Christian? Well, there's people that can claim to be Christian, and they can. Uh, some people will go as far as, as those things, uh, but they failed to love. 
They failed to love people. They failed to have a true love for folk up in their heart. And the Lord is trying to get it across to us that, look, it's not going to profit you anything when you meet me if you don't have love for nobody in your heart. And and so we got to understand that because when it says it's profiting you nothing, it means nothing. Nothing means nothing. Zero is zero, you see. It always was and it always will be. So I don't care what anybody says that's got some kind of mind to trying to move up to some other echelon of thought. Zero is still zero. I don't care what you say. Amen. And I'm not being mean to nobody, not being hateful. I'm trying to get you to understand God is serious about this love thing. So with that said, we're going to close out tonight and then we'll go on to verse 4. Uh, if the Lord willing, we should always be able to say, if the Lord willing, if the Lord will, we're going to be here on Tuesday and we're going to continue on and we'll continue on with verse four because we want to talk about, we want to get to the verses that starts talking about what love looks like, you know, how God defines it. But uh, he's trying to say, look, first of all, he said, I want you to understand if you don't have love, you got some serious problems. And before that, we looked at chapter 12, and he's, he's, he's trying to lead up to that. And he said, look, everybody matters in God's house. Everybody matters when you come to the Lord. Everybody should matter. You don't leave nobody out. Everybody, everybody ought to be important. And, uh, and, and then he's going to get through all this because the Apostle Paul is being moved by the Holy Ghost, and he's going to start defining love to us in, in uh, these coming cha uh, uh, coming verses that we're going to get to. And hopefully we'll get to some of that on Tuesday. But until then, I just want to tell you, I love you with the love of the Lord. You say, well, you don't even know me. I don't, but Jesus does. <laughs> and when, when you have Jesus, oh, hallelujah. When you have Jesus in your soul, you love anybody. I know sometimes my son, he say, then how you go to the store and you just talk to anybody? No matter. Who. I said because the Lord put love in my heart. People, people are made by God. They're made in the image of God. And we got to love them and we got to care about. Them. Hallelujah! Thank you. And so the Lord wants us to have true love, and you get that true love. God's gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost, and He wants to help teach you those things. Bible. You know, some people think when somebody baptizes the Holy Ghost, they're supposed to instantly know all this stuff. No, the Bible says the Holy Ghost is gonna be the teacher. The Holy Ghost is going to teach us how to love. The Holy Ghost is going to, and you know what the Holy Ghost is going to do? He's going to guide you to the Word because the Word is going to tell us. And you know what the Word says about the Word? You know what God's Word says about God's Word? You know what Jesus said about the Word? He said, Thy Word is truth. Mm, hallelujah. God's Word is truth. And so, with that said, I want to say good night to y'all. You have a good evening. I'm so excited to be talking about uh, this God love thing. It's a wonderful thing. And so I'm hoping that y'all have a wonderful evening. And until we meet again, the Lord bless. And may as well be that we'll meet again on Tuesday. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.